Welcome back, sports fans. This week we are trying to warm our cold winter hands over a hot MLB stove. But we also spend some time talking the NCAA playoffs. I'm Hooli. I'm the Joe. I'm Mary Beth Smith, and I am nonplussed about how this is panning out. It seems like we should have more playoffs. It seems like we should let them play on. I know I missed last week, but, like, I think I get it. <laughs> playoffs? Playons? You're talking playons? Playoffs? Go back to last week to try to figure it out. Yeah, and then let us know what you figure out. <laughs> but we're talking playoffs. In which case, we're talking about teams that are playing on. Exactly. moment we've all been waiting for the starting lineup kicking off the starting lineup we will go much deeper into the hot stove season in our uh, walk-on segment but let's start out in Chicago the White Sox have traded Chris Sale Adam Eaton and everything south of 35th they are Moving assets left and right. Rumor has it you can take some seats out of the stadium for any Upper Deck Stadium Club card, for cash considerations, or any Subway sandwich to be named later. That's right. Chris Sale going to the East Coast to the other Sox. Some other big moves in the Red Sox org this week. Yeah, Kung Fu Panda third baseman Pablo Sandoval has been noticed visibly trimmer than he has been in recent seasons looking very svelte and not popping any belts unfortunately he is now under suspicion of potentially using peds panda enhancing drugs so he better get his express on and take a drug test moving a little farther north nobody wants jose especially not the Baltimore Orioles, after the club expressed interest in picking up the outfielder Batista, the fans responded with saying, no, 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 we don't want him. But if fans knew this is possible the whole time, why is Batista still in Guardians of the Galaxy 2? I love him. I think he's great. It's just you and apparently Bradley Cooper, but that's enough. <laughs> hey, man, any club that's me and Bradley Cooper and nobody else, I will fucking... Take that and run. <laughs> Moving off of the hot stove, Conor McGregor in the news this week. MMA fighter Conor McGregor has recently secured his license to fight in the state of California and has also been seen on the set of Game of Thrones. Uh, rumor has it that he has been training with Hafbjörn Julius Bjornsson, uh, the actor who plays the mountain. So maybe we'll see a team up between the mountain and McGregor's new character, the molehill. Now some news very close to my heart. The world champion Cleveland Cavaliers unveiled a new intro video this week, which starts out with some really fucking hype music and then turns into a rickroll. It's hilarious, and the people of Cleveland love it. Wow. A Rickroll video, huh? Really does take a long time for things to make their way to Cleveland. It took us 52 years for a championship. I'm looking forward to 2020 when we do a Harlem Shake video. We just found out. Have you guys seen this Numa Numa guy? He's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Just like things taking a long time to get to Cleveland, some other things never change. Golden State Warriors forward Draymond Green, who has a history of kicking players on the court, especially in the groin, has already kicked two players in the short time we've been in the month of December. So I guess those male birth control trials are well underway. The Bay Area is so progressive. Absolutely. <laughs> uh. Uh, 
Side effects may include loss of appetite, nauseousness, and blowing a 3-1 lead in the finals. While the NFL season wraps up, seems like they've got some really exciting stuff in store for everyone's favorite part of the season, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, that's right, MB. The NFL is now adding a skills showcase showdown. The new events will include epic pro dodgeball, power relay challenge, precision passing, extreme ratings pandering, mm. best head and shoulders commercial, most creative way to get fined, most airtight alibi for why you did not commit domestic abuse. Best hidden wizard to get you out of a drug test. <laughs> nice. Nice. You know what's not nice? Somebody being asked to leave Los Angeles. Los Angeles Rams head coach Jeff Fisher, who is notorious for finishing at or around 500, proclaimed on Hard Knocks before the season started that he would not finish, quote, fucking seven and nine. Turns out he was right as he was fired this week, finishing with a record of four and nine instead. He finishes his Rams tenure tied for the all-time record for losses by a head coach with 165. Turns out Jeff Fisher sucks so bad he can't even be the best at losing. Oh, come on, man. Cut cut Jeff Fisher a break. He went Hollywood. He's just reprising Kurt Russell's role in the movie Escape from L.A. I ain't mad at him. I think a 4-9 and nine record really punched that ticket for him. Guys, don't worry too much about Jeff Fisher. I heard that he's going to get a spot in Trump administration as the head of Homeland Security. Oh, Trump really? hurt. Yeah, yeah. This is this is real. Trump hurt his record was four and nine as four and nine. That was all he needed to hear. Looks like it's time for walk-ons. It is December, and even though baseball has one million games per season, <laughs> it does have an off-season. And everyone, including us, we love to call that off-season the hot stove season. So much is happening. So much is simmering. So much is boiling over. Hot stove. Don't stove. touch. It's too hot. Too hot for the hot stove. You can't handle the hot stove. So, of course, Hooli and I are not the most knowledgeable experts uh, on baseball, so we are going to turn it over to our MLB expert, MB. And we are going to see what's been happening with all of the teams in the show and where players have been going. Okay, so this time last year, I'd like to start by saying that for a while, and I remember talking about this on the show, Zach Grinke had the a record-setting starting pitchers deal yes, in huge, baseball. Yes, huge, huge. for a few days. And then David Price... Huger, hugely. Went huger, bigly took over the league. Way more bigly. Way more bigly set a record. So a similar thing happened to really kick off this hot stove season. Dancing Mark Melanson, who went from the Pirates to the actually still in talks for winning the big game if they could make it out of the division series to the, the, the Nationals is who I'm referring to. Uh, he went to the Nationals. They rented him for a while. It didn't pay off because they didn't have everybody else that they needed to actually uh, go farther 
and they sold him off. He set a record-setting deal for a relief pitcher going to the San Francisco Giants, making them an even more veritable opponent than they were before. They won't lose any big pieces that I can judge. They didn't really have people on the bubble um, from my perception. So huge, huge acquisition for the Giants not to be outdone on the East Coast a few days later. Another player who was rented by a team that paid off a little better this time around. The Chicago Cubs paid a lot of money to have one Araldis Chapman for a few months, and he is going home, ladies and gentlemen. He set a record, breaking Melanson's previous record Mm. of a few days before for, I don't know the numbers on that officially, but I think it's five years, $80 million? Five years, 86 for Chapman, and he was at 62 before. So he (sighs) broke Chapman. Chapman broke the record by $24 million. So if there's anything coming out of this hot stove season season for me so far, it's that what I thought was a loaded starting pitchers uh, free agent market in terms of like just not that many options, so people were going to sell pretty high. I can't believe that the relievers are what really set the table here. So a couple of days kind of to work a little farther backwards, a couple of days before those two big moves, um, there was a little bit of of noise surrounding a straight-up trade of the Royals reliever Wade Davis, who actually did not finish the season with the team or may have gone last year. Honestly, he was still he was a good enough closer that if he had been healthy, he probably would have gone to a team in contention. But because he was hurting, so were the Royals in terms of trying to get him off of their payroll. There's the sophomore slump really set in for them last year. And I think they're going to kind of continue selling off some major pieces. They still have Greg Holland in the relief pitcher category. But what they did end up doing was trading Wade Davis for Jorge Soler from the Chicago Cubs, yeah. mm-hmm. which is a huge deal for the Cubs. I think they <coughs> totally get the better end of that deal. Soler was extra, made a little bit less so by a trade that happened a few days later. But at the time when this trade happened, it was right before this relief pitching market was really about to explode. It was with a healthy Schwarber in the books for the Cubs for a whole season. Yep. They they had outfielders to deal, and he went to a good home with the Royals. I think it's a great savvy mood uh, move for an already strong uh, Cubs lineup. So you'd have to think that the Cubs knew that they weren't going to be able to keep Chapman then. Absolutely. So, so how do you think – what kind of step down is it from Chapman to Wade Davis for the – uh, for the Cubs, I do think it's a huge one. If not just for the actual quality of the player himself, is for the way that the Cubs forced teams to really do some like maneuvering against them yeah. in, in the playoffs and in the World Series. Ker- Kershaw comes to my mind specifically, bringing him in. Yeah. So the Dodgers can. Well, we got to get to that next game. Right. Who cares what? We gotta. It was a lot more chess being played because you had to maneuver your pitching around what they were doing and that's that's not so the case with Wade the playoffs absolutely proved that the value Mm. of relief pitching cannot just be boiled down to when those pitchers are actually on the mound it's the way that the teams especially in the National League have to navigate uh, around those pitchers so why then, forgive me, did they feel like Wade was going to be good enough? Like, it sounds like Chapman was never an option. He was going to go back home for big money. He never yeah. stopped renting his apartment. Yeah. So why didn't they go out and get another player who we'll, I'm sure we'll get to in a second. Why didn't they go try and get, like, Jansen or one of the other? I think this is pretty <coughs> money-based. I think that sure. they felt like they had Soler as a piece more than they had wiggle room in long-term salaries. Sure, because sure, if sure, you sure. start looking at this team three and four and five years out like that deal for Chapman was, you're talking about trying to sign Chris Bryant, Anthony Rizzo, you know, uh, sure. Javi Baez, well. Kyle Schwarber, 
Kyle Hendricks, like all these guys who <clears throat> took them all the way last season, if they want to try to keep as many of them as around as possible, they're going to have to start playing smart. You know, yeah. the Cubs, even though they just won a World Series and they successfully, you know, like I said, kind of rented Chapman to win it. Yeah. I don't think they have the – they're not the New York Yankees. They don't have the purse to try to, like, build the team with that kind of piece as a part of it. Yeah. And I think Davis is a really savvy solution for that uh, problem. He's at least capable of closing Absolutely. games. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 He is still I, – I don't know if I would call him an elite closer because I just don't feel like I know the player well enough to say yeah. that. But he's still, like – he's still – going to do the job <laughs> he's yeah, going sure. to for a team like the cubs who is already able to get leads he will be the guy that you want in there closing him out um i mean uh, as somebody who's a uh, slightly above casual baseball fan at, at best i mean i i know that chapman is is uh, the gold standard for closers and garbage human beings but Chapman, I know, in one game of the World Series, threw more 100-mile-per-hour balls than the Twins, Brewers, Diamondbacks, Motorcycles, and Blue Jays have thrown since 2008 combined. Like, this guy is a freak of nature Blah. and, again, a garbage human being, but like so well-suited for the job that he has and uh, perplexingly continues to be employed. I have a couple of thoughts on Chapman before we kind of turn the page and start talking about something else. Yeah. He set a record for a reason. There, I'm not sure if I've said this on mic or not, but there is a stat cast section of like MLB stats that qualifies more specific stats than just, you know, RBIs, mm -hmm. batting average, shit like that. There's a section that you can just sort by pitch speed. Mm. This section of stat casting has an Araldis Chapman filter so that you can disclude all of his pitches. Because if <laughs> you didn't, you wouldn't see another name on oh the list. Oh my god. Wow. He's that <clears throat> leaps and bounds a ahead of everyone. Like that's how elite a uh, closer he is in terms of speed. Yeah. So the the cool thing about that is, I'll brag a little. One of the players who starts showing up a lot, actually two of the players who start showing up a lot, if you uh, apply that sure. uh, Chapman filter, are both in the Braves organization. Nice. So uh -oh. keep an eye out for some for some guys, maybe this year making some noise, uh, maybe the year after that. And with that, another thing that I'll say before I close the Chapman chapter is I don't see the Yankees of 2017 or even 2018 being any good. No. It makes no – they are absolutely overpaying him now to actually be worth something to them in a couple years. Well, and I, I also read a rumor that he left a couple million on the table to go with the Yankees instead of the Marlins. Or maybe – That wouldn't surprise me. He and I left more than a couple million then because Florida's a no-income state tax. That's true. Whoa. So he left a shit ton of cash on he the table. He also yeah, not all Not all contracts are created equal. He also has some insane, like, he has, like, no <coughs> trade options. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, wazoo. yeah. Like, his, his being in New York is fucking yeah. concrete his, now. His no-trade clause includes nowhere in California. It's crazy, dude. Like the, the power it? he has yeah. is like is insane because it's like of 104 because of the filter, you know, like it's it's crazy. Yeah. So but they started selling off so much last year that I just don't see them. This is the same team that kept Alex Rodriguez from getting to 700 home runs. Yeah. And he was two away. That's how desperate they were to try to clear him off of their roster last year. This is the same team. Nothing happened yeah. except for the fact that they signed Chapman again. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they s they they traded Miller too, but like it just I just don't see them being good in the next couple of years to make that I don't see them getting the leads that Chapman protects <coughs> personally. So well, at 250k an inning roughly. <sighs> That's real. Okay, let's move 
Um, so as Huli mentioned before, Kenley Jansen has re-signed with the Dodgers for a lot of money. Yon- another big name in the offseason has been Jonas Cespedes for the other New York team who was also re-signed by said Mets. So those are a couple of big, those were a big couple of question marks that have been silenced. Let's see. Let's move. We've talked a lot about players moving to and from the Cubs before we move away from them. Dexter Fowler has also made a big move to the St. Louis Cardinals for a five-year deal, getting big money. Fowler is signing his checks, World Series champion Dexter Fowler. Like, that's (laughs) – he got a World Series deal. Yeah, Yeah, he got an experience, bet on himself type of payday. And whoo, did he get it? And did, he did the Cardinals overpay? Left, uh, probably. I don't know that they'll get the value out of his contract. I think he had a great year. I think he's a great player, but so maybe he did the Cubs one more solid. Maybe honestly, by getting the cards to uh, yeah, shell out that uh, yeah. cash. But like, he still makes the cards better, and his departure still makes the Cubs worse. That's like you're right. In a bottom line, like. Their ship got raised and the Cubs ship got lowered a little bit. You're so right. Like, I, I, the the Cardinals are still. I think they're still in line to make some more deals. They have um, lost a couple of pitchers, I believe, but no other like major changes to their uh, lineup off the top of my head. But uh, moving to the other Chicago team. Now, I mean, we should set aside a, a decent portion of, <laughs> <laughs> of the rest of this baseball talk to talk about all the moves that the White Sox have made. They definitely – It was a fire sale they have or a trade sale, actually. Had, uh, they've absolutely uh, cornered the market on the term fire sale. Chris Sale probably being the biggest free agent starting pitcher name that was on the market – Someone was going to have to pay big for him. The winner was the Boston Red Sox making their starting lineup rotation include the aforementioned David Price, the AL Cy Young winner, I believe, uh, Rick Porcello, mm. and – or no, <laughs> maybe it was Max uh, Scherzer. Yeah. It, it was, was Max Scherzer. Scherzer. Because Porcello was in the conversation. Yeah. Because after Porcello didn't get it, uh, his girlfriend Kate Upton tweeted at That's the major right. at Major League Baseball saying, "Hey, I thought I was the only one allowed to fuck Rick Porcello." I thought she was dating Justin Verlander. Verlander. Oh, that's what. Yeah. Yep. That's what <laughs> happened. Then. Well, shit. She better not be fucking Rick Porcello then. Verlander. I mean, unless her and Verlander have some kind of understanding. Anyway, let's Verlander get back to baseball. Was al- it's okay. Verlander was also in the conversation for sure. For sure, Porcello, I think, was right up there. But it was Scherzer got the Cy Young ultimately. But still, that's their that's their starting rotation. They already made the playoffs this past year yeah. with a team that like kind of came out of nowhere. So I think they're going to remain really hot. They're that gonna, that piece. I mean, they they gave up a lot of chips for it, but that rotation looks better than Willie Nelson, Snoop Dogg, <laughs> and Jesus passing it around. <laughs> so many. That's a good rotation. <laughs> Always to the left. <laughs> yeah, but like way less hits. Way, <laughs> way, way, less. way, way, way less hits. <laughs> but and yet they'll, they'll both be found uh, in and around dugouts. <laughs> Weird. Weird. I do think that in a couple of years, the team that will be giving the 2019 New York Yankees a run for their money will be the 2019 Chicago White Sox. Wouldn't it be crazy if it was the 2016 Chicago Cubs? <laughs> <laughs> what? Doc Brown. But, yeah, I, I think that um, that the Red Sox made a huge acquisition. The I think the White Sox did a great job of trying to get as much as possible out of their organization in return for their ace. And I also think they fleeced the fuck out of the Nationals. <coughs> I think that they absolutely took the Nationals for all they were worth for Adam Eaton. Base, from what I have heard, the Nationals made the same offer to the White Sox for Chris Sale. The, as I said, the biggest free agent starting pitcher on the market in a thin market to begin with. And they took Adam Eaton instead. Who, might you ask? Exactly. <laughs> like, it, 
he he's good. I don't want to take anything away from the guy, but he's when not you're Chris Sale. He's not Chris Sale. But what did they? So the package included their what? Their first, first, third, and sixth prospects in their entire org. And they initially offered it for sale. Right. White Sox laughed them off and said, yes. "What about Eaton?" And then they and were they like, took yeah, it. "Yeah, that sounds good." That like I it it. It boggles my mind. Like I, I don't know enough about the uh, Nationals management and <coughs> and like front office. Are they on the hot seat? Like are are they like you know what? Fuck prospects. We're not going to be here in three years when these guys might be up here. Do we just need a guy right now? Honestly, you may be right because they have been perennially like favorited and then fizzled out. Yeah. Like all, every year for the past like four or five. Ever since the Braves kind of like fell out of that conversation for the East. Yeah. And the Mets and Nationals kind of became a little more of the stronghold over the Braves yeah. and the Phillies. They've been like NL power rankings they are at top every year and it pisses me off every year because at the end of the season they fucking choke. Like it's well, very they've frustrating. They've had injuries, the Tommy John surgeries, yeah, and sure, sure, sure. Harambe bats and everything else sure, that can sure, hold sure. them down. <laughs> Apparently Harper is looking to for like more money than they seem to be willing to give him for his future. So we might see a huge deal. Probably not not this year, but like in the next maybe he'll be playing for those twenty eighteen Yankees. I mean, yeah, if somebody's looking for money, that seems to be the team yeah. that you want to go to. Yeah, also he seems to have shitty character, so he'll fit right in. That's yeah, that's kinda where my head was at. Let's see. We have we've covered a lot of the biggest deals that I jotted down. Gene Segura went from Arizona to Seattle in a trade that involved a number of other players that aren't really of note, but uh, wanted to get that mentioned in here. Edwin Encarnacion is still on the table and will probably be involved in a big signing somewhere. Same for uh, Quintana, another White Sox chip, mm -hmm. which it seems like they are going to try to cash all of them in before they get to next season. So I wouldn't be surprised if he's another starting pitcher who ends up somewhere else before we start back baseball. Same goes for Chris Archer from Tampa Bay, who recently acquired ooh, Travis Shaw, who was the starter for the aforementioned Kung Fu Panda. So oh, yeah. uh, Travis Shaw kind of took that spot in the uh, Boston lineup. He, but got, he got bamboozled <laughs> out of that one. <laughs> 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 Fuck you. So I've been trying to think of a bamboo one all night. That <laughs> is <laughs> perfect. And Greg Holland, also from the Royals, probably still going to end up somewhere else as another team that seems like they're unloading. I think that's all I wrote down. I don't think Jose Batista is going to go I anywhere. Gonna say, I we think talked about him. Where does I think he's too stinky. I, I think he's going to end up staying with the Jays. I, mean, I, I don't think anybody wants that stink. I mean, if he's if he stinks that bad, you know, maybe he can just go to New York and play for the Jets. <laughs> they, they seem to be collecting <laughs> everyone's trash. Yeah, yeah. Like, I think people just don't. I think it's it's a clubhouse thing, yeah. partially. Yeah. I mean, th there's just sometimes players and teams who match up where their value to that team is greater than it would be to any other team. I, I think that's a good summation for Batista. And yeah. he, he's just – he's been there and been kind of a, you know, I, a superstar, right? Borderline yeah. superstar sure, at sure, the very sure. least. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that not, uh, not being a Blue Jays fan, I think that he's – I mean, seems like a fan favorite, so I, I think that, yeah, the yeah, he's better off there than he would be somewhere else. One last, I guess, two last notes. One, um, I guess this is like, I, s I think that Andrew McCutcheon is also going to end up staying with the Pirates. I don't think anyone wants him badly enough for what they're going to be looking for for him. He had a pretty kind of a down, slumpy year last year. And they're trying to sell high, but they're not going to be able to. No. So he's probably going to stick around there for like one more year, hopefully have a better year so that they can try to get more for him in the offseason next year. Um, or before the trade deadline. Or before the trade deadline. Brian McCann to Houston from New York for some younger guns, uh, both pitchers. 
Bartolo Colon and Ari Dickey to the Braves, <laughs> which I love both of those picks, pickups. Uh, as a Braves fan, I can't wait to see Bartolo Colon both pitch and hit in a new stadium. I mean, I like a guy named Dickey and a guy whose name could be read as Colon going to the same team. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, uh... We got uh But I'm a six year old. <laughs> we got flowers and record behind the plate. <laughs> we got Dickie Colin on top of it. You know what I'm saying? On on top of a mound. I I see nothing wrong with this equation. Mm-mm. I think that's it. It was kind of meandering, but we ca- we we circled the bases on yeah. a lot of the big uh things that are either already accomplished or still on the table. All right, we are of course, in December, Christmas time, holidays, New Year's, you know what that means, bowl season. We are going to break down by looking at the stats of each team, the uh, college football playoffs. That's right. There are about 124 teams playing on, but four teams have made it <laughs> to the playoffs. Uh, so on New Year's Eve, there will be the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl featuring number four Washington versus number one Alabama and the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl, number three Ohio State versus number two Clemson. The winner of each game will face off in the championship game on January 9th in Tampa Bay. Uh, Hooli. Yeah, I'm Hooli. And I'm the Joe. Let's start by talking about the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. The 11 and 1 Ohio State Buckeyes taking on the 12 and 1 Clemson Tigers and Tigers. W- yeah, it's the Tigers. We'll start of regardless who you think should or should not be in. Penn State won the thing and they beat Ohio State. Yeah. Shut up. This is who they picked. Yep. This is not that discussion. Yeah. Yes. We're taking it from here looking <coughs> forward. Yeah, we're moving forward. Ohio State seems to have a great, a great little, great little offense in front of them. Am I right, Joe? You are absolutely right. For the season, they are the ninth best scoring offense and the ninth most effective uh, rushing offense. However, they are seventy seventh in the nation in passing, so they are definitely a one dimensional offense, which is kind of a theme for these four teams. But yeah. uh, we can talk about that more when we talk about the one and four game. So Ohio State definitely leans on their rushing attack. Clemson has a a pretty equal defense when it comes to rushing and passing, and they are eighth-best scoring defense in the nation going up against the ninth-best scoring offense in the nation. JT Barrett's going to be able to do a lot of things, mostly run. He's a great scrambling passer. They hand the ball off very well. If Clemson is able to somehow get clamp on that defense and get that secondary kick in, and they weren't bad. They were 22nd against the pass. So that is absolutely something that they can do and shut them down. But, like, they were actually a little bit better against the run. You know, I still don't know if they can do it. Ohio State's defense is just packed. Yeah, defense, they have the third best scoring defense. They're so deep. In the country, yeah. And Um, they're so consistent. I was looking at – I'm sorry. I was looking at something earlier this year, and they were showing the starting lineups for all of the Ohio State's games – they had the same 11 guys on the field, like, 1 through 10. Like, first 10 games, like, they did not – they had the same set of starters. Everyone is on the same page. Everyone's older in that system. They are so good defensively. Definitely something to be said for that kind of chemistry and consistency. Yeah, that continuity, you can't – yeah. Yeah. Not not to scoff at, at who Clemson will be trotting out there. They have a couple of potential first-round draft picks in quarterback Deshaun Watson – uh, wide receiver Mike Williams. So uh, this is certainly an offense that can make noise. They are the ACC champs. Won that tournament. Yeah, but you know, ACC. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they beat they beat <laughs> they beat Virginia Tech, and not necessarily convincingly. That's not helping. Yeah, this this season really saw the Southeast and the Atlantic Coast both, aside from the teams that actually made it into these games of note had really weak years yeah. uh, really that neither conference really had a like second team that was in the running where which is like the first time in a long time that's really been the case so it'll be interesting to see how that plays out in these playoffs 
Big yeah. Ten is back, baby. Yeah, I mean, Big, Big Ten stacked it. You looked at with it, not to get too sidetracked, but you looked at who was consistently in the top ten, and it was more Big Ten teams. I mean, you had Michigan if, there if the Michigan whole year. If Michigan hadn't had to play, you know, Ohio State, then we're looking at them in this conversation yeah. Yeah. for sure. Like Pen- they're, they're Penn just State was yeah, Penn State had a probably great year. should be. They beat Ohio State. They pro- I was going to say yeah. they probably should be in this conversation. They won the conference. There was a weird rock, paper, scissors thing between Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. Right. Yeah. Where like each w- – yeah. it's like, oh, who's, like who's really the best of them? This person beat this person and yeah. this person. Yep. But this is who we got. This is where we are. We got Clemson. We got Ohio State. Down year for the ACC. On year for the Big Ten. We have what seem to be the best two representatives from that conference. So, the Joe, I'm going to ask you, who do you like in this game? OH, baby. I know. Uh. <laughs> OSU was also uh, at or near the top of the nation this year with seven defensive touchdowns. Yeah. Um, I, I think that they can – Urban Meyer just has a magic touch ever since he, he's walked into the Anywhere. horseshoe. And anywhere, really. I think, and I guess I'm, I'm rooting for Ohio State. They're a team that whenever they, they do well, I'm happy. Whenever they lose, I'm not necessarily sad. So it's really kind of a, a win-win for me. I guess that's called a fair-weather fan. Anyway, I'm going to go OS. You? There it is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to do the exact same. Obviously, as a Michigan fan, you know, but they're in the Big Ten. They're in the playoffs. What's good for the gander is good for the goose. I want to see this rivalry keep going good. So, you know, go Buckeyes. I think they got it. All right. So we'll say that Ohio State is coming out of the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl in this scenario, which means that they will be facing the winner of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, looking at number four, Washington, and number one, Alabama. Uh, Again, between these four teams, three losses on the season. Not too shabby. So Washington beat the Colorado Buffaloes for the Pac-12 championship, beat them by three scores, and didn't get adjusted. They they stuck at number four, yeah. putting them against Alabama in the semifinals. This, to me, feels more like David and Goliath than a 1-4. This game's going to be a joke. This game is going to be just as boring as the last few years of NCAA finals it for football. It, it's going to be as just as lopsided yeah. as Alabama is every opponent that and they face at this gonna point. Gonna grind of the it out. Yeah, sorry. That's fine. Uh, and they're gonna grind it out Ex- exactly. Like they can't throw the ball very well. They're gonna run, and it's gonna be really boring. I mean, the the Bama defense is stacked per usual under Nick Saban. They are the first uh, first in scoring. First in rush yards per game, 15th in pass yards per game. They lean heavily on their rushing offense, 14th in the nation, passing with 68th. Washington is the only balanced offense in these playoffs. 31st in passing offense, 36th in, excuse me. Yeah, 31st in passing offense, 36th in rushing offense. But this is probably going to be a grind it out game. A lot of stuff on the ground, a lot of defensive plays, probably a lot of punting. So, again, yeah, definitely going to keep watchers riveted. Um, Super-duper exciting stuff. You're taking the best team from the Pac-10, and you're taking the best team in the country. I don't see it ending any other way. And Vegas agrees with me. I think Bama's picked by 16 to win this. Like. That's a really good way to boil it down. It's like the best the best team in the country versus the best team in the Pac-10. I I would have much rather seen Alabama play one of those other Big Ten teams. I think it would be a better game. Well, like we said, we're going to do what we did sticking forward. But sorry, yes, sorry, sorry. I would rather see Michigan in that slot as well. I mean, like, ugh. <laughs> in the AP Top 25, Penn State was at five. Michigan was at six. Yeah. In the coaches poll, Penn State at five, Michigan at six. So those were certainly the next two teams that were, were knocking on the door, uh, probably Oklahoma thereafter. Uh, who knows? Maybe if we ever move, uh, expand this playoffs, I mean, eight would be the next number we would go to, right? I don't think we would have a play-in with, with like six teams, no. like a fantasy football playoff system. 
but if it, let's let's imagine that we open it up to eight teams, so we had another four teams coming in. Chances are this year three of them would be from the Big Ten, and the other Ten. one's Western Michigan. I'll give it to you. That's not that's not according to the polls that I'm looking at. Uh, it looks like Penn State, Michigan, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma would be the four teams that would be making it in per the coaches poll and AP top 25 did Western finish undefeated Western did finish undefeated Western Michigan <laughs> they finished at 12 in the AP top 25 and they finished at 14 in the coaches poll in the coaches poll they were right behind the nine and three Oklahoma State team go Cowboys Duh. sorry about it so yes you are right Hooli, we will stick with the teams that did make it. <laughs> and is there anything left to say about this game, uh, about the Peach Bowl, Washington, and Alabama? No, I don't think so. We spent most of the time talking about teams that should have made it in because we think that's how much of a blowout this one's going to be, right? Right. I, I'm, I'm only assuming that the announcers of this game will follow suit and talk about literally anything else, trying to kill time. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, let's let's say it's going to be Alabama out of this versus Ohio State in the national championship. Yeah. What do we think? I think we've already seen that game this year, and I think we know how it ends. Oh, no. no. <laughs> like, that that's not the way that it ended. I know. Alabama beat the dog snot out of them. Well, sure. Uh, I think it's going to be second verse, same as the first. Let's make it interesting. And we'll say... That Ohio goes down three to one, <laughs> and Alabama has to come back. <laughs> Wait, what did I just say? Ohio goes down three to one, and uh, well, they definitely don't want to go back. up <laughs> by that many, right? Because then it would be tough to come back. But if they go uh, down, let's make a wager that. <laughs> Ohio State. You, you guys have sapped all energy from me at work. So. three quarters of the game. <laughs> and right. If they if win the third quarter, right. it still doesn't amount to winning overall, and Alabama <laughs> wins the whole thing. <laughs> all right, I can agree to that. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see if that scenario plays out. Um, so, likely Alabama championship? Yes. Honk, chew, Honk shoe, honk shoe, honk shoe. Mary Beth, wake up. We're talking college football. What are we talking about? Roll Tide. Honk oh. shoe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Boy, this thing's a blowout, but let's sit down for some garbage time. All right, guys. First up, first question on the docket. Who won the MLS Cup? Ooh. Ooh. Sounders? Portland Timber. Cheers to Holy. That was oh, as, that was a total guess. As he guessed the only team that was actually in the finals match. Wait, well, there's there only one team in the yeah, finals yeah, match? Yeah, the only one who chose a team that was in the finals match. Oh, you did yeah. not choose a team that was actually in the finals Columbus, match? Columbus Crew. <laughs> actually, hold on, hold on. How hold many on. teams? Two teams. No, right? no, it was just one. The other one had folded shortly before the championship. <laughs> <laughs> the other team was Toronto FC. The game took place in Toronto. It actually had a crazy finish. It was like a missed PK is what sent the Sounders into being champions. And in spite of you guys not even knowing who the winner is, I wanted to take this moment to give a shout out to one of my college sweetmates who used to work for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and this year spent her first season with the Sounders. So she went from a hapless Bucks team to uh, she works in PR and she actually single-handedly uh, got – a uh, cover that famously had a bunch of naked Sounders player on players on it, uh, signed by all the players on it, and got a personalized Sounders jersey, both sent to Leslie Jones of SNL and Ghostbusters fame. Because nice. Leslie started being really active on Twitter, talking about, in spite of us being pretty hapless soccer fans, Leslie Jones picked up the slack for us this year, and my friend Kelly Schutz was single-handedly responsible for, like, helping her be a fan, and I thought that was really fucking cool. And she got a cup 
to boot. So congratulations to the Sounders and the sound that you heard of these two <laughs> answering the question was exactly what I expected from that first question. Uh, At least I got it right. <laughs> Woo! Go Sounders. You guess. <laughs> hey, man. Next up, uh, what's the best thing on your hot stove? From an ex-girlfriend, I learned how to make a – oh, I feel like there's a name for these uh, – recipes that where you make like famous restaurant like chain restaurant oh, food yeah uh, and i learned like knockoffs yeah. yeah i remember and i have a recipe for olive garden uh, zuppa toscana which Ooh. is like a, a, a thick hearty to uh, potato and kale soup that's probably one of the best things on my hot stove other than my family recipe spaghetti with hard-boiled eggs in it which I can attest is a great thing to come off of that hot stove. A Thank you. Copycat recipe. Yeah, it was like a, I think it's it a copycat. Maybe? Yeah, because I know people could do like a copycat Big Mac and stuff, but yeah, this is the Olive Garden uh, Zuppa Toscana. Love it. Did you say you put eggs and spaghetti? Yeah, yeah, dog. Hard Dude, it's choice. You so you put the you don't like you, you don't like crack it into the sauce. What you do is uh, while you're cooking the sauce. See, so that would make more sense to me. So you start with a couple cans of tomato paste and some water uh, and probably ground beef or you can do like non-meat veggie crumbles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know normal stuff that goes in sauce. And then you, you, once, you, once you get it simmering, you put uh, the whole raw egg in shell in the sauce and it boils in there so you don't dirty another pot. Before you are ready to serve it, you take the eggs out, shell them, throw out the shell as you do. Put the egg back in the sauce, and you have one egg per person. So you, you put your pasta on the plate, then you scoop out the sauce, and everybody gets one egg that you can then chop up and eat as you're eating everything else. That's how my family always did it. I didn't realize until fifth grade when we were learning about food pyramids, and our assignment was to like write down everything for the food pyramid that you ate for every meal. And I was like, oh, yeah, sandwiches. I have bread. I have meat. Uh, spaghetti. I have the, the uh, vegetables and the tomato sauce. I have the grains and the pasta. I have protein and the meat and the eggs. And my teacher is like, what the fuck are you talking about? I'm marking this wrong. My mom, uh, the Kathy, walked into uh, the parent-teacher conferences with that and was like, you give the Joe uh, – well, she called me the Joey. You give the Joey his <laughs> points back. Uh, and sure enough, the teacher did. And that's when I was like, oh, not everybody does this? That's weird. But now it's a, it's a thing that I share with my friends. Do you have any entire recipes that you'd like to share with the listeners, Holy? Yeah, I made a beer this week, but I don't care about it anymore because I have to go contemplate life in the egg section. Hey, what is garbage time if not for this? <laughs> <laughs> cool, cool, cool. Uh, keeping the topic on the Joe, his alma mater, Mount Union, did not go to a bowl, a, a Division Three bowl for the first time in 12 years. And on the opposite end of that spectrum, Hooli's Eastern Michigan uh, emus. Uh, yeah, <laughs> emus. <laughs> uh, made a bowl for the first time since 1986. What is a streak that you would love to see broken or one that you'd love to see started? Well, I don't want to... I don't want to spoil the sports retorts with Hooli and the Joe Secret Santa that we set up and did, but... Uh, Joe, I got you a nice pair of two-ply, and I think I'm going to put an end to your streak, buddy. Uh, okay, well, since <laughs> since you've got that one covered, I'll go with my second choice. Uh, I'm going to say I want the Browns to win a game. Oh. Just give me one win. You want to see that streak broken? I want to see that streak broken. I'll tell you what, I also ran into a Lions fan recently, and he was like, dude, I want you guys to win a game because I want to own that piece of history to ourselves. <laughs> oh, that's really funny. But, but doesn't Tampa have that as well? Tampa went winless in a season in the 70s. Winless, but not 0-16. <laughs> oh, oh, sure, 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 because so it was like 14. Yeah, for it was, yeah. And finally, Major League Baseball made some big changes in the winter meetings this year, including no longer allowing hazing costumes for rookie players to be female clothes, women's clothes, okay, and taking away the uh, 
asked, mentioned on our show, home field advantage for the World Series rule from the All-Star game. Yes. Yeah, so no that's one cares. real trash. I don't even know that they've even settled on what how it will be determined. I have to assume they'll go back to uh, best record scenario. Yeah. But my question to you is, I want to apply this to big government. Seems like big government is taking away some choices that they made in the past that they should have just let the states make their own decisions on. But they're also putting some uh, overarching rules into place that probably should have been there to begin with. Okay, you are big government. Take one rule away that you probably should have taken away a long time ago slash never put into place or and put one rule into place that should have been made a long time ago. I mean, this one seems fairly easy for me. Anyone running a comedy sports podcast does not have to pay taxes mm -hmm. and, in fact, is in a reverse tax bracket based upon how much they do or don't make. Uh, that is called the tax credit. Not the way I'm doing it. <laughs> so... <laughs> it's a little different. Okay, great. <laughs> this is big government, baby. Yeah, it's really yeah. complicated. It's really complicated. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I'm going to get rid of the Electoral College. Cool. Sounds great. End of garbage time. <laughs> <laughs> we've got for you guys today check us out on twitter at Hooli and the joe uh look us up and like it on facebook facebook.com slash Hooli and the joe follow us on instagram at sports underscore retorts like us and review us on itunes this is a really important one especially yeah. if you listen to the show on the day it's released just like listen to it and then go to the iTunes store. Like after, you, as you're hearing the sound of my voice, whatever you're doing, go to the iTunes store and rate and review the show. It really, really helps. From now on, in future episodes, rate us uh, the first time we make you laugh. Yeah. So maybe you are waiting until right now, and if that's the case, I'm very sorry. And you're laughing at these <laughs> desperate attempts to get you to rate our podcast <laughs> on iTunes. You're just thinking, how pathetic. Thank you so much for listening to me ramble on about the uh, hot stove. I think on the next episode, we will go even more in-depth into that NCAA championship game, uh, however the cards fall, uh, and then maybe some NFL wrap-up before mm -hmm. the Super Bowl? Yeah. Yeah. So Maybe a preview of the 2017 MLS <laughs> season. Go, Go Sounders! <laughs> this has been a Nerdalogs production. If you'd like to help make more things like this, please visit patreon.com slash nerdalogs to donate today. And go to www.nerdalogs.com for more cool stuff. Thanks for being awesome. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am GrabBot23548X. Remember the wizard? I'm familiar with the wizard. It's a we fake dick. For ladies, they call him the mango. <laughs>